0: Hello everyone. Tech, BIM. Close that BIM model. You don't need that. We're going to be talking about BIM. Talking about big data, AI, whatever it is. We will discuss and view today's topic. 25 seconds. three o'clock. If you're here and you should be working, I won't tell your boss, don't worry. Let me get my bells ready. Bell one. Oh, dropping my bells. All right, five seconds. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this live stream special, four o'clock. Who would have known we will tide you over to the end of the day but i have an awesome topic that i wanted to unpack with you all because sometimes we talk about these creative digital companies in the architecture profession and sometimes i see architectural technicians technologists and part twos who are enthusiastic about digital bim working in that sector and asking me how do i get into it it's rather than me saying the answer to that. I have two awesome guests which are going to unpack the topic with me today. And I'm super flat a day here. So on my immediate right, I've got the lovely Rob Woods. How are you today, Rob? You all right? I'm good, thanks, Stephen. Yeah, doing well. Myself, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. My, I don't know if yes. my camera looks a bit slow. I look like I'm the Pinocchio right. animation. But we'll get, <laughs> as long as you can hear me, we'll get through it and then below us i have the awesome sarah marshall as well how are you sarah
1: hi guys i'm good thank you
0: brilliant okay so rob and sarah and i we all know each other because rob and sarah work at a company called glider tech who do some really interesting stuff now it's been years guys since i've loaded up rabbit in fact i was trained i think in 2014 so I'm a bit rusty, but Rob, I think you know what Glider Tech does. Can you tell me in one or two words a little bit more about the company, if that's yeah. okay?
2: A bit of a tagline. So Glider Tech, we are a technically a software company, but we manage digital assets, handover information, everything along the sort of entire lifecycle of a built asset. And the development team side of Glider have come up with Glider BIM, which is our software built in-house, which is a digital information management platform for the entire lifecycle of built assets. And we manage all the data, all the O&M stuff across the whole side of things. Yeah, it's quite an expansive subject. It's really interesting. And yeah, I can hopefully tell you a bit more
0: throughout this and a bit more of how we got into it. Amazing. Thank you. And kick-ass job there of describing it you are now if you keep going like this rob you will get promoted to the presenter and then i can take a sip (laughs) i don't know you're doing well on it we've already got some comments coming in live so sonda says hello and cool it's nice to know that a few people are watching isn't it (laughs) not just my mum that does help (laughs) I'm going to put the quick link of Glider up before we move on. But I find it fascinating. And the architecture Social, I used to be a part too. But you both of yourselves are architectural technologists. Now, what I'm keen on, and we can talk about Glider in a little bit more detail later, but architectural technologies. When you study in architectural technology, you probably didn't think at the time that you were going to be digital design delivery specialist that you are now for Glider Tech. Can you tell me a little bit about that journey away from mainstream architecture into something specialized like this? Perhaps, Rob, do you want to jump in first? I'll go first if you want. Yeah, sure. My journey of it was quite
2: interesting. So I started working for a company called DLA Architecture right back when I started in the industry. And I was working there four days a week and I was doing university part-time one day a week. Do my architectural technology degree and I worked with them for six years doing all of the standard architectural tech side of things detailing did specs all that side of it and then when i left them i moved over to arcadis we're a big consultancy and we worked in the architecture side of the uk business there and because while i was at dla i'd done a lot of revit and i would had an interest in bim anyway. I moved over to Arcadis with the idea that I'm going to try and push BIM a bit more, push the use of Revit and other softwares. I really just pushed myself into that direction a bit because I had that interest. ended up doing BIM coordination, moving that onto BIM management, and eventually moving over wanting something a bit different, a bit new. Got in touch with yourself and moved over to glider where it's a diagonal route for me because i've always had that binge trajectory but moving my way across and then into the asset side of things yeah it's really interesting because you've gone completely away from the, de- the kind of drawing the details yeah. and doing all that but now i'm working with all the information and data within assets and managing that it's uh, pretty cool
0: nice one there you go huh who would have known back in university, you'd be here now. And I I can see you've done well for yourself, Rob, with that nice house there, isn't it? I think, I think
2: you've definitely not one of the backgrounds on this stream
0: at all. No, absolutely Absolutely not. not. I love the wood mansion, but before, (laughs) before we talk about what it's like working at Glider in terms of the culture, because it's very interesting because it's not a traditional architecture practice, but maybe Sarah, you can tell us. A little bit about your journey as well
1: yeah yeah so similar sort of background so architectural technology degree I think whilst doing the degree probably both of us didn't even know that this was an option as a career not specifically it within BIM itself I think even the course there was one module for one of the years that touched on BIM and I think we did I don't know a sample project in Revit or something like that and that was it that was our extent of of anything, any sort of educational knowledge on BIM for the degree. So I suppose, yeah, but probably both of our first sort of initiation to it was in practice once we were working as technologists. So I've started as an architectural technologist in an architects. I think, I suppose what it was then was a 3D model in Revit to a lot of people. And it was to myself initially was modeling a building, to a certain level of detail because somebody told us we had to and nobody really knew anything more than that or why we were doing yeah. it or anything like that and then from there I went to work for in a joint role between BIM Academy and Rider Architecture so that was really my first proper taste of BIM as a standalone job as a standalone career and the ins and outs of what that means as consultancy work yeah. as Yeah, as a management role, but then also trying to still do that alongside the technologist role. But I think it was very quickly after maybe six to nine months, I realized it's not the technology role that interests me the most. And that's obviously each to their own. Some people love that side of it. But for me, it was the BIM side of things was far more interesting. So that very quickly became a permanent role. And then I spent four years there, some of that working abroad different yeah. sort of roles within BIM, so the information management role, a BIM manager role, consultancy roles, guidance with clients on documents and things like that. And also that education side of it, so BIM Academy is part owned by Rider Architecture and the university. So there was a lot of, there were some projects that were run more alongside the university side of things, which was quite interesting as well. And then mm. what, in ties to me to Glider was learning and working on things that I hadn't done before. So there was a lot of prior to here, there was a lot of sort of your BIM level two, your clash detection, your coordination, your Kobe data, simple sort of verification of that, using Celebi for verification, other all sorts of yeah. So a lot of sort of BIM level two, I say standard jobs, but it's not that standard to everybody. But this what at Glider, what the asset management side of things was something that was being talked about a lot in the industry, a lot on the projects that I was working for. And it was something that I wanted to get more involved in and to mm. learn more about and to work on that side of the project as opposed to the design initial side of it. So yeah, I suppose that's that was my sort of
0: very cool. That's your way foray into, into, it. into him. Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting. There's both common themes here that like, you both studied the architecture, you got into the industry, you're using BIM as a tool, you're hearing all these digital terms, and suddenly you're getting more and more into it. And it's, it's interesting though, because so Glider Tech, and we'll go back to, we'll talk, we'll expand upon Glider in a bit, but you're right. It's not similar to a traditional architectural practice. It's very different. And even me, so when I was first learning about Glider and they don't don't know it as much as you, I know it more in terms of what it's like to work, the cool flexibility, all this stuff, you have the exciting, not quite a startup, but you have that energy that it's like you can change things. However, these are really quite rare compared to a traditional architecture practice. So what was the, in terms of the main job now, how different was that, Rob, when you joined like Glider before? Yeah,
2: oh, Was it a bit of a shock massively. in a good
0: way? Oh, it was know?
2: massive, massively different. I think just expanding slightly on the last point is that, like you're saying, all the BIM level two and a lot of the terms and terminology that's coming out of the different firms, I found that. The stuff that I'd been, or where I'd been working before, the stuff yeah. that had really been talked about for years of, oh, this is where we need to be. This is where, we're, where we need to be to get to this. And then you come to Glider and Glider are actually doing it already. We're at that point where the information is actually being used. The mm. 3D models are being filled with data. that it's not just a 3D model for the sake of a 3D mm. model. Not that mm. it always was. some certain projects, it's, it does work like that. But a lot of what I'd done in the past, it was, this is an aspiration. Whereas here, mm. it's, this is what we do on a day-to-day basis. So th- the stuff's there. So in terms of moving over to Glider and working, it's completely, completely new. Everything new. Had to learn the software, a lot of the processes building up to what we do and how we do it is all new stuff and it's exciting. It is. And I think that once I've got my head around that and how we manage Kobe data, how we manage IFC models and how we link that to what's going on in the handover documentation world as well, because that's another side of it that I've had sight of before, but not really worked that much with it. You're talking O&M manuals, building user guides, all the rest that all links to the information and the data that we need to operate a building and maintain a building. And that's the whole point. It's not just data to stick in a drawer and hide away until you need it. It's this is important because when the building is finished, you're going to be using it and it needs to be there. When you get to the point of that, and you have that with a 3D model, you -hmm. you have essentially a, a digital twin of the building there. You, you can look at it and especially if you link it to you' building operating systems, using internet of things, you've got alarms all over the place and sensors and all that side of things where it's all interlinked. And that yeah. data is there on a computer system. And if somebody wants to check something or change something, it's readily available. So mm. it's definitely a massive change to, you know, looking at drawings and adding details or looking through models and doing clash detection. Not to say that we don't still do that because we do have the bin management side as well and the coordination side, we do all of that as well. It's still part of the job and occasionally yeah. we do get a model that we we get given over and say, can you fix this or can you model this? So yeah. It's got parts of the old job, but there's a lot of new and I myself am doing a lot of project management
0: as well. I think Sarah is as well. It's it's really good. Nice. I I was at Future Bill last week and I was seeing Digital Twins and I've heard a few people mention it and it sounds good like buzzword. you guys... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I get it like, huh? digital twins, a bit like a Neanderthal, but obviously, but you guys are you're in the industry, but I find it fascinating. And I guess where I'm what I'm interested in as well. So there's a bit of research and development, you're doing things you're learning, but it's it's a real business. It's a profitable business. And I guess one of the radical things to me when I first discovered or spoke to Glider was I couldn't believe at first that you guys all fully work remote. Now, you are both come around and acclimatise to it Rob you got your beautiful mansion Sarah's got her lovely office there with the <laughs> glider background that blew my mind at first because we both know and especially pre-pandemic architecture practices or even construction practices you were either on site or in the office and there was very little flexibility so I just love to hear a little bit more about you know, what that aspect of the job has been like. So do you all work remotely then and you're in charge of your own projects and you work remote connecting in teams and then you meet up in person for like socials and stuff? Is that how it works at Glider?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I think, to be honest as well, it was one of the things that actually drew me to the job and primarily because Glider were doing it before you had to do it. So obviously, as you mentioned, like in the pandemic, everybody had to work from home and everybody it was a very reactive process of how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this remotely? Whereas Glider made a conscious decision to work like that and have proactively as opposed to reactively been succeeding in working remotely. So that was one thing that did attract me to this job as well, was the fact that working for a company that was doing it before they had to and was doing it well. So, yeah, I think we, all are, we are all remote, I think. Now, from what, Glasgow down to London, dotted around the country, there's a couple in the north, a couple in the south, and so on. And it does tend to work, like we, especially not, so we're Rob and I are both in the contract delivery team. We have a weekly team meeting. We utilize other digital tools as well for us to work collaboratively. So, yes, we do have projects where it might be just me doing a job, or there might be a couple of us, but we'll be using Slack, Zoom, Teams, whatever mm. it is that we need to to be able to communicate to deliver that project. Asana for to-do lists. So we, yeah, we do. I don't think we don't really have a day where I don't talk to someone. So it's not isolated. But as though it's remote, it's not. You're not isolated. Like I got you. You are always yeah. in communication with people. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, we have, I think, is it three or four times a year we all meet up, the whole company. So we've just yesterday found out our first away day of the is in April, and we're off to Birmingham. Last time oh,
0: we- I just came back from <laughs> Birmingham, and I will be honest, right, guys, that before it was a good crack and pool, cinema going out and stuff. But I'm going to be really honest, it was a bit like me going back to Swansea, right? It's, it was, it's a bit of a laugh. And there's nothing wrong with Birmingham, but no. I didn't do all the culture stuff. I got sucked into They're the nightlife. Culture. I yeah. think,
1: was it Birmingham that we did the Bear Grylls adventure? Was that Birmingham? It was, yeah, yeah, it was, yes. it was so we've, Birmingham. We've that we done did Birmingham that. once before and we went to the Bear Grylls adventure, which was high ropes and I don't know what else. Archery. archery and, like and, so yeah. we, to, we do an activity. We've done like Squid Games.
2: Oh, well, yeah, done... yeah, I did that in Sheffield. What yeah. was
1: the other ones we've done? I can't remember, Uh-oh. but we tend to do an activity and then have a dinner and then go out. And then oh,
0: that sounds all right. So basically, if you join like Glider, me. you automatically get inserted into the Squid Game. Just got to hope you don't die <laughs> in this version. <laughs> the grand prize at the end. Well, in oh, this I fun think the grand was...
1: prize was just a medal or something. I can't remember. Yeah, it was
0: a medal, yeah. <laughs> a medal and a few beers, but that's quite yes. nice. So then you work remote, but then you also... You meet each other in person and then, so you all know each other. And I think it's a really good testament that a business can do that. Sometimes I, okay, you've got to go to, I guess, some things physical. Do you meet clients and stuff like that? But yeah, yeah. I mean, I personally, I've got a meeting once a month where I go to
2: London, which is a couple of hours for me to get there and a couple of hours back. So I do that once a month. Occasionally Mm -hmm. we might have a meeting where we have to go to a site or go to a client's offices it is for me it's been few and far between other than the the every month one don't know what yeah. it's like for Sarah whether you go out often but I think it's most of the time it can be done on Teams it can be done on Zoom yeah you know yeah, I think if
1: there's a need for it if there's benefit from us being there in person we'll be there in person of yeah. course like it's yeah. not that we because we're remote and we therefore might not live I live, for example live in Northumberland so I'm quite far from London And most meetings happen in London. But it's not that I wouldn't go if there was a need for me to go, then obviously we would attend client meetings face to face. But I think like the pandemic forced or not but did force people to do things remotely, but also then made us realise that hey, we don't have to sit on a train for four and a half hours to have an hour meeting. We can get the same benefit from that remotely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Same environment. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) The amount of time traveling, it does get a bit crazy. There's a tube strike in London tomorrow. And luckily, because even in my business, I'm doing hybrid. And I'm just thinking, can you imagine you're that person where you've got to suddenly go to the office still with that tube strike? We don't need to do that. We can make it work. It does sound, though, Rob, that Sarah's got the dream client because you've got to go once a month in Sarah's. I do, yeah. yeah. It's it's funny. Mm.
2: I remember last year and I had a meeting with a prospective client down in stratford london and okay. we got there, we drove there because it was henry who's a contracts director took us down there he was coming with then he was going back home and because i had a meet i had my monthly meeting in london yeah. the next day yeah but there was a train strike <laughs> so navigating that was a, yeah a bit of a nightmare i still managed to do it
0: and you do what you can but yeah that was that was definitely an interesting couple of days yeah, sometimes real life has its way of creeping in, isn't it? It it sounds really interesting to me. What I was going to ask, because there's probably a few people in the audience or maybe like yourself. Maybe there's a few people that are either watching the replay or they hear now, and they're like that technologist or even an architect, whatever, that's got that passion for BIM or digital tech or whatever, and you've done that switch now but is there any advice that you would give to someone who's in that in-between zone that you wish that someone would give to you? Perhaps Rob or Sarah, do you have any like pearls of wisdom now on how to do that transition and move over to a company like Glider?
1: I think for me, it would be like the exposure to it. So I didn't realize that I enjoyed it until I somebody asked me to do it just as yeah. part of my job role. And I think obviously nowadays, especially if whether you're... Contractor-based, or in an architect's, or in a MEP consultant's, the likelihood is there. There will be somebody within that organisation that is producing BIM deliverables, that is working on projects that require yeah. BIM to be done. If you want to just say it as like a blanket statement, but yeah. speak to them, ask them if there's something that you can get involved with. If there's something that they're doing that you could either shadow or a small task that they can either or yeah you can just watch them be involved in the conversations be involved in meetings if they're going to a coordination meeting can you tag along for to take Mm -hmm. an hour out of your day and see what happens in these meetings and then if you enjoy it and you like it then obviously that's a conversation that you can take further as to looking into doing that more often but you might have that exposure to it and realize it's not for you and you'd rather be a technologist or you'd rather be yeah. The engineer, MEP engineer. So I think that initial phase is try and find a bit of exposure to it to see if it is something that you enjoy. And if it mm. is, then, yeah, I think ask your employer to be more involved in it would be my advice. Yeah. yeah, I'd mirror
2: that. I'd mirror that. I'd say don't be afraid to put yourself out there and ask for things and go and ask the people that are doing it already. Even if there's nobody in your company that are doing it, that there's so many people around the world that are, LinkedIn's a great tool. You can message yeah. people and just ask for a bit of insight. Even events, there could be an event that's on BIM Show Live, things like that. It might be that nobody from your company is going to it, but there might be somebody at your comp- company that you know has an interest in, potentially, this is something in the future that we will get into and we'll need the information about. Put yourself mm. forward. Find out when it is. Go speak to a, a company director or whoever you can and say, I've seen that this is available. I'd like to go if if we can get a chance to go and uh, do what you can.
0: I love it. It's true, isn't it? Because I always find that years ago when I would get a role on for a BIM coordinator, that years and years ago i'm sure my age now get my bell out you know what i mean but like 10 12 years ago there wasn't many bim coordinators because it was a part of a job but what i mean is part twos were doing bim coordinators senior architects are doing bim coordinators and half this time is rather than the title it's like you guys were doing this roles and responsibilities which transfers really well to a digital tech company like glider tech it does I think sometimes people worry that they're not called a BIM coordinator, yet they can't go forward for the role. But actually, they're a technologist who's done all this stuff and they've got a passion for the subject.
1: Yeah, so, and I think yeah. the relevant skills and experience is always on a job advert and things like that. If yeah, you look at that and it's a BIM coordinator job role, but you have been doing those daily activities or those responsibilities, you've been carrying them out, then yeah, apply for it and even have that conversation with either yeah. yourself Stephen or with a prospective employer and say this is where I'm at this is what I'm interested in because employers want to help you to get where you want to be as well yeah
2: even even if you don't even if there's something on a job advert that you don't have when I joined Glider my knowledge of Kobe was very little and I, I knew what I knew what it was if you asked me to do a Kobe workbook I'd have no clue uh, and now I'm working on working with it all the time and It's one of those, I think, a a lot of good employers, if there's something on a job advert that you don't know how
0: to do, if you show willingness to learn, that's all that matters. Yeah. Said. I, it's very true. And I, I don't necessarily believe in fake it till you make it kind of thing. But at the same time, I do think, though, that putting yourself out there and saying, I don't know that, but I've done all this stuff is a pretty good way to go about it. And I'm going to ask you one question in a bit. Actually, I'm not. The audience has put one on about the future. And we can ease out of that. And I say, I know got, we've got to go to the vet. We've got to pick up the dog. And I agree <laughs> in a bit. So don't worry. We're not, not going to be late. But just before we do that, though, now that you guys are in Glider Tech and you've experienced what works well in the team and stuff, in terms of if someone was to apply the Glider or, Tech or, yeah, or was thinking about it, What's your advice for them on how to go about it? I know they can contact you direct, but like, what kind of characteristics, what would you look for in the CV? Is there anything that would resonate or stick out towards Glider Tech that maybe something that you guys wouldn't look for in your jobs before? I think it depends on the role that they're going for, really. But if it, let's say it was
2: contract delivery, any sort of previous experience with the whole BIM side of things, obviously BIM coordination, BIM management, anything like that but any previous experience with Kobe or knowledge base of the ISOs, <laughs> if you've known any of that stuff, yeah, it, it's really what you know and your application of it mm. and what you're willing to push yourself to learn because I think Glider, you come to Glider, you're going to have to learn the whole software anyway. Yeah, there, There's not nothing about that. You, you just have to because it use it on a daily basis and you know, whether you're doing asset information management, whether you're doing document handover management, whether it's project management for us, any of that, you're going to have to learn the software. So Mm. I think, like I've said before, that the willingness to learn is one of the biggest things. And really I think fitting in with the team is one of the most important things for us at at Glider because you can always learn things. It is, it's having a good character. And I think there's probably a lot of people thinking, oh, I might not know this or I don't know the ISO and I've not read the documentation and I wouldn't worry too much because Mm. I think if you've got that willingness to learn and you have the base knowledge of BIM and you can come and say, I know what BIM is. And as long as you don't come and say BIM is Revit, I I think you'll you'll Even I know that one,
0: Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play, that's really good advice. I tell you what though, while this is coming up, we've had some good comments coming in, okay? So Sonder says that this is insightful. So that's good to know. I knew it would be because it's with you two guys, but it means I'm not derailing it, which is really useful. And it goes on to say, Sonder says, digital twins is the future of the construction industry even with the use of unreal engine now i'm a gamer so i can see i know about this as well and i actually went to the unreal academy in london a few years ago
2: which was a really good event and yeah unreal engine are doing amazing things really not just Mm. in the gaming industry but they're doing massive things in the architectural space as well and they've got i think they acquired Quixel as well which is one of the the leading sort of Companies in creating mapping textures for 3D modeling and things like that. For images, they go out and take photos, like fully photorealistic things and make textures from them. Massive stuff that Unreal Engine are doing. Not really Mm -hmm. used where we are. We deal a lot more with the actual data and the information that's inside of all the 3D models. We do a lot of stuff with IFCs, COVID, and that side of things. But yeah, I do agree. Digital Twins are the future. But mm. it can't be seen as just a photorealistic model of
0: it. It really needs the data, and the data is the most important part of it. Well said. Thanks, Rob. That's really useful. I got one question from the audience. Probably last chance alone for anyone that wants to ask a question. But Pedro comes from, I don't know, it's a really good question I wouldn't have thought of. It says, with the knowledge a of what BIM can do today, What, in your opinions, is still missing that you wish you had the tool or feature, but it's not available yet? Perhaps, Rob, first, do you have any thoughts about what would be a good tool or where you see things going or something that you see is not available, which would be cool? I know everyone's talking about AI at the moment, aren't they? Is there any positive wisdom or thoughts that you have there? It's a really difficult question to answer, I think, because there's so many
2: tools out there, and there's probably so many tools that we're not aware of as well, that are smaller tech companies that are developing things. Yeah. And I would say that before coming to Glider, there was a lot of things that, that Glider BIM does that I wasn't aware of that we can do. One of, one of those things being IFC enrichment, so we can push data back into an IFC, which until coming here, I didn't know was possible. Right. So what's still missing I'll have to think
0: about that. (laughs) We come back to it, yeah. I uh, I am interested what will happen within AI and architecture, but to me, it's not that new, as you both know. I just think that the mainstream has got the bug on it. Sarah, is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I was just
1: gonna say I don't like. It's not. I don't think it's that we've got necessarily like a software or tool or feature that's missing i think Mm. what's missing is prior to that i think you just touched on it there that there's a buzz around ai digital twins Uh. are we there yet as an industry are the majority Mm. of the people in this industry there yet no and that to me is what's missing i think it's the common understanding the common ground of we've just for a lot of people they just got their head around bs and pass 1192 and then we're throwing five new documents at them and, a whole, and it's not a whole new way of working, but there are subtle differences. So now yeah. everyone's just trying to get their head around the ISO nineteen six fifty documents and how that's going to work and the uplift in the documents that they need. So it's not, for me personally, and for the job role that I think the majority of the things that I've seen on the projects that I work on at the minute, it's not necessarily that there's a, a software or a feature or a tool that's missing. I think what's missing is a blanket level of knowledge and mm. skill. And it's not a disrespect to anybody that's in the industry that's not doing ai and digital twins at all it's just we're not all on that same level playing field yet and i think yeah it's great pushing the boundaries of let's ai digital twins i think that's amazing and i think and i'm fortunate for us rob i know with you as well to be involved on projects that are pushing those boundaries but for me the big thing that's missing is yeah, at the other end of the scale, base mm. level
2: knowledge to a point. Yeah,
1: yeah, and but, not and within that, utilizing the tools that we do have to upskill and to bring that up. So yeah. using tools like Lightroom, using tools like Navis Navisworks, and whatever it is, utilize what's available to you to do the sort of basics, and then yeah. let's look at doing more innovative things.
0: Very cool. I agree. That's my Back, opinion. <laughs> Could yeah. be a wrong opinion. but <laughs> I would agree with it, Sarah. I think you're right there. Definitely. Yeah. There's no wrong opinion, isn't it? And it's an interesting space. And listen, there's definitely something with AI, but I get to, people say to me all the time, do, they, do we see that replacing a BIM coordinator and architect and stuff? And I'm like, no way. Absolutely I think not. I see it as a tool which can be time. used. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can it get rid of some repetitive, arduous stuff? Can it do some basic oh, yeah. stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Brilliant. And it you is know.
1: already. We are using tools and scripts and things like that make those monotonous, monot- I don't even know how to say that word now, <laughs> 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 those boring jobs a lot easier for us to do. So, that, yeah, that I think there is a place for it, and that is the direction that it's going. But, yeah, yeah will we see it used and used well in our lifetime? I don't know it'd be great if we did
0: (laughs) yeah good yeah exactly i don't fancy doing we've all been there before in excel doing the repetitive stuff thinking i really need to make a macro (laughs) then we've made the macro and gone what the heck was i doing with all those hours (laughs) that i can never get back and so it's always a bit of work at the start isn't it doing this stuff but they pay off in the end i'm excited to see what happens what i'm going to say now to you guys, is that I'm going to bring up quickly Glider Tech's website. And so, for anyone that's interested while they took listening to this talk or replay or whatever, if they want to get in touch with Glider, I think they definitely should. I'm sure that you guys are always interested in people reaching out who are passionate in this sector. But if someone wanted to get in touch with you both, Rob, where's the best way that people can reach out to you? Yeah, email perfectly
2: fine whether you go through the glider tech website and email to their generic email address and ask for my contact details or if you can find me on linkedin i think it's better to probably better to get me through email to be honest but yeah it says give us a shout yeah. absolutely give us a shout and and someone will definitely be in touch and if you want to direct it to myself or to sarah i'm sure sarah won't mind too much yeah. <laughs> but yeah any questions or if, if We're always potentially looking for people to join as the company grows. So, even yeah. if people drop a CV in, I'm sure we can pass that on to the right people. And yeah, but hopefully, as we grow, we'll get more people that are like minded and with the knowledge and the enthusiasm.
0: And it's, yeah, I think so. It's CV, but the most important question is are you up for playing Squid Game and Bear Grylls in Birmingham? And if you are, you're halfway in. Ah, I, th- I thought the most important question was, do you have a dog?
2: Ah, I think so. That, if you've well, got a dog, you're halfway there to joining Glider,
0: I think. That is true. We all <laughs> have a dog, isn't it? Maybe the last note, because Sarah, so people can get in touch with you on LinkedIn on the website. But Sarah, you've got to go literally in two minutes to the yeah. vet. So we're on time. The last question before you go is, what is the breed of your dog? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so my dog, she's actually, she's a springer crossed with a cocker, crossed with a lab.
0: My goodness, <laughs> yeah. that is a trouble mix. My my dog's yeah, she's a Boston Terrier.
1: That's why we go in the vets. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: It's always the way though, but once once they become family, you got no choice of oh, you. yeah,
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah, Rob, what's your dog before you Miles go? Mine's a Chihuahua. Chihuahua, brilliant. Yeah. My dog's a Boston Terrier who's got a, a stupid amount of energy, but very loving, so here we go glider tech amazing pushing the edges of technology and dog owners and all that cool stuff and avid players of squid game in birmingham oh i think that was bear <laughs> grills thank you so much guys for being here i really appreciate it. and if you in the audience enjoy this do check out glider glider's website which is glidertech.com i've got the link down below thank you so much rob and sarah you're absolutely you. legends If you just stay on the stage for one second, I will end the live stream now. And thank you so much to everyone that tuned in or is watching the replay. Have a good day. I've got more content coming soon, but do check out Glider and drop Sarah and Rob a message. Thank you all. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.